Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk about Wild Mount, which is coming out very soon, and Theros, and kind of campaign settings in general. Also, playing games online is gonna save everybody, so we talk a lot about that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello. Hello, even though it may not be always at this point. We've had a lot of guests this year. This is a a very special episode of Lucian and Jordan finally back together hosting the show. (laughs) Yeah, we've had a a run of uh, some uh, guests, which has been really nice, but Mm -hmm. uh, now because of the virus, I guess we're all quarantined and we'll probably be able to do the show together for quite a while. So So you were forced to see us from now on. No, hopefully you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, We we are a a Dungeons & Dragons talk show, um, and we're going to talk about all things D&D. We're going to talk about the games that we play and obstacles that we have encountered as dungeon masters or players and how to overcome them. And that is kind of the format mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, if you're new here, very excited to have you. Uh, you can listen on YouTube. You can also listen on uh, Anchor Podcasts. And if you just search the Saturday Morning D&D show, we're out there. So go go check us out. And we're also live every Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on YouTube and Twitch, I should say. I forget about Twitch sometimes. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't forget about Twitch. <laughs> I should go to the Twitch chat, actually. That's what's yeah. wrong with me right now. Um, and yeah, really excited to be here. So how you doing, Lucian? Haven't seen you in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty good. So uh, everything's been going really good. And though, you know, it seems like everybody's life's changing a little bit. All those people yeah. that we know, even in countries, like I was talking to our, our Australian dungeon master and they were talking about what's affecting them and we'll talk, you know, people Yeah, one of my players America. is in Australia right now and she's yeah. just like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of so." Yeah, so it's it's definitely an interesting time and I think as we go a few more shows from now, there'll be more impact. I think we're at the start of what that impact might be and uh, so hopefully all of you are staying safe. Hopefully you're following all of your your governmental guidelines and uh, you get to continue working and continue having fun even though we're kind of in this weird stressful yeah. worry thing but you know what that's what tabletop games are about is escape sometimes so you can just use that to fantasize and have fun let those worries go away for an hour or two or four hours and then you can get back to worrying or doing what you need to do after because yeah. i plan on still <laughs> playing games i'm like i'm gonna play right to the end so whatever <laughs> yeah, happens um, i actually have uh i got invited to another game so nice. I'm running a game. I'm playing on Thursdays, and then we're going to start playing Saturday evenings. And then I am running a Sunday game, my, my usual Shadowfell game. Uh, so I'm just like, I've got lots of lots of stuff going on. It's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's, let's recap. We got Baldur's Gate 3 coming out. Yes, We've can't wait. We've got Wild Mount coming out in literally three days, right? Right. We've got uh, Heroes of, of Theros. Is that what it's called? Or Yeah, I don't remember. Theros, the yeah, Magic the, the Gathering Theros, Theros book. That's <laughs> yeah. coming out in June. And I think that's 
all that's really been announced, correct? And then we're still kind of mm -hmm. waiting on this like L'Oreal uh, guide to Silvery Moon or whatever that one's called, the dice set that came out. Mm -hmm. We all we kind of think that there's going to be like a Xanathar's two book that comes out with that, but we could be wrong. So right. Well, with all the UA articles that we've gotten since yes. the end of December, moving into January, we've gotten at least I want to say fifteen to twenty possible subclasses that could pop up somewhere still at yeah. this point because it, they didn't pop up in Wild Mount. I don't think any of the UA articles had to do with the Wild Mount stuff. Maybe the Theros. Two of them. Two of them are in Theros. So we've seen two of them yeah, show up in the, Theros uh, of all those UAs. The uh, Paladin and Bard. I that's think. right. Yeah. That's right. Because it was the the Paladin. They changed it from like the Love Paladin to something else, right? Like no, the, that was Cleric. Uh, that was the uh, Love Domain Cleric. Uh, the Paladin was Oath of? of something. We're really good at this show, guys. Uh, thank yeah, you so normally. much for subscribing and all that other stuff. Uh, really excited to have you. D and D experts. <laughs> D and D experts. We bring you. <laughs> the news uh, um and we prep and we have notes and stuff and then we don't use them so it's really awesome uh right. there yeah so anyway we've got new books on the horizon which is kind of exciting uh i don't play watch critical role like at all mm -hmm. but um this new game so that are I'm you starting, buying it? this new game that i'm starting on saturday is with uh critical role fans and we're gonna play in wild mount and they're really excited about it um, and so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll see what this is all about. And uh, overall, I think, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how that fantasy world differs from other fantasy worlds that I've read about or played in. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, it, it'll be interesting, but I'm gonna play a tiefling wizard and I'm really excited for that, but we'll get into that a little bit later, I suppose. But that's my wild mount news drop. Uh, yeah. There were a couple lore you should know, lore you should knows that uh, Dungeons of the Dragons posted on their YouTube. One was about the Anorak Desert. Do you know about the Anorak Desert? I know a little bit more about it, and I thought this would be a great Forgotten Realms kind of video topic for one of my favorite channels that's out there that talks about uh, Forgotten Realms lore. But yeah. yeah, it seemed like a really cool place to maybe explore or learn more about. There's some yeah. really cool stuff going on out there. Yeah, so I've done some videos on uh, not the Anorak Desert specifically, but uh, the history of it. And mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who are interested, uh, you can go to my channel and check out some videos. But uh, there was an ancient human magical society called the Netheril, and yes. they got so magically powerful that they learned how to cut mountains, uh, cut the tops off of mountains invert them and then they would build cities on these floating mountains and so uh they had floating cities all over the the anorak desert and uh in order to like power some of this stuff they were using like 10th 11th level spells and it was just like whoa that doesn't exist in our DD that we have now it only goes to ninth well it goes to ninth because they kind of messed it up for everybody else and uh, there's an evil race called the Ferrum that uh, were angry at this Netherese empire and they started draining the life and causing problems. And the Netherese retaliated by also draining life and sucking mm -hmm. magical energy. And so this whole area of the, which is now known as the Anorak Desert, became a wasteland because of this like magical fighting that they did. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually the Netheril empire fell and all of the mountains fell to the earth 
and there is just a treasure trove of weird magic and stuff. And it's kind of like, I liked in the video, they were uh, equating it to the Mornland in Eberron. Mm -hmm. And the Mornland is the epicenter of the magical catastrophe that ended the, the war in Eberron. And so uh, it's really interesting. It's, uh, I, it, every time they do a lore you should know about something like this, it makes me wonder what they're planning because, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, we're going to talk about uh, Chult for no reason. And then you have Tomb of Annihilation come out. And I was mm -hmm. like, are we going to go walk around the ruins of the Anorak Desert? Like, that sounds really cool. Wouldn't that be a great source book, though? Like yes. a book that talks about that area? Because you just described everything you want in a Dungeons & Dragons game. You want a a land that's filled with weird magics that are not normal from some ancient empire or kingdom that has crashed and fallen and has been buried. And now your adventures uncovering this craziness. I mean, that's D and D in a nutshell. So that'd make a great source book. I'm yeah. surprised they haven't really capitalized on that. Yeah. There's uh, you know, there's not aside from the old arcane age, Netheril uh, mm -hmm. books, there isn't a lot about like modern day Anorak Desert. So I don't know. It's I'm I'm really curious because that's a that's a big piece of Forgotten Realms lore that they could uh drop in and it would be really awesome. I'm still yeah. kind of hoping for a planes book though. Like the True. way they were talking it and the way they were doing yeah. stuff, it kind of make made me sound like we were gonna get a manual of the planes for fifth edition. But, Which know. would tie together all the Magic the Gathering books exactly. really well if they incorporated that. So there's yeah. an opportunity. I'm wondering if they're gonna take or if they're gonna miss it. Are we gonna look back two or three years from now, five years from now, uh, sixth edition comes out and we can sit here and talk about the missed opportunity of them tying the Planescape together with all these other these other things. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. hope they don't miss it because I think it's a great, a cool tie in that we're, that we're all hoping for. Yeah. Chat has our back. Uh, Cyberwolf says it's the heroism paladin and the eloquence bard. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but they named, the, they renamed the heroism. It got renamed to something else, which we'll all recognize in that upcoming Theros book. And we have a hype goblin joining us who we see on our, we get to see in our discord every now and then does a lot of streaming and is just lurking around. So we're saying hello. Hype it up. <laughs> The hype so, But yeah, these lore you should know are really good. I'm I'm enjoying them a lot. So. Yeah, no, I eat them up. I haven't watched the uh, so the other one we got. Sorry, was uh, the Gods of Wildmount, and I have not uh, watched that one yet. Did you watch it? I didn't. I just noticed it, and I have not got back to it. It's Chris Perkins talking to us about the the gods. But again, I think it's just like you, and it's not a bad thing. It's just I've not been able to devote time to the critical role watching it continuously. I catch an episode here or there every now and then. And I feel still like it's Matt's world. So I feel weird. Like I haven't had this need for me to run a campaign in it. Cause I feel like it's Matt's world. Like I want to play with Matt in that world. Yeah. But I don't know if I run it as my world for somebody else. Cause I just feel like I would mess it up. Like I'm not going to do it the justice that he does it. So it's a weird book for me. I'm not sure I'm getting that one, but I'm, I'm totally into the Theros book for sure. Yeah, that's good. No, that's real. That's an interesting way to put it because let's let's take let's take that idea of like, well, I don't know if I want to play in Matt's world. I want to play with mm -hmm. Matt in his world. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, I would love to play in a Forgotten Realms game run by Ed Greenwood. But I also like that I can yeah. take the Forgotten Realms and do what I want with it. So I think the fans of Critical Role, you know, it running a game, it helps to have that established knowledge of 
the gods and the locations and areas and things like that. And so it makes sense to me that people are jumping in. Um, as mm -hmm. far as like the gods of uh, Wild Mount, you know, uh, you, Matt's really good at, you steal like an artist. And so he took mm -hmm. a lot of the, uh, the open gods, um, you know, like not the proprietary ones and things like that. And he took them and kind of incorporated him. So there's, there's like the traveler and Tharsden and, uh, he calls it the matron of Ravens, but it's the Raven queen and stuff. And so I'm just kind of looking at the critical role fandom wiki right now. And mm -hmm. I, what I like about it is he names them interesting things. Like it's not Lolth, it's the spider queen. Like all of these, all of these deities have titles. The Lord of Hells is Asmodeus. The platinum dragon is Bahamut. The mother matron of Ravens is the Raven queen. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool. Like he's, he's putting his spin on it. And we all like, at this point, we know who Vecna is. We know who uh Lolth is we know who Tiamat is but he's putting his own spin on it and then has uh, some other maybe unique uh deities that he created himself so this would actually be a really interesting lore video to do um yeah. with uh Wild well, and you can out. grab it from the Teldori book which they put out that's that yeah. is on my shelf I did grab that one and that might be part of where my hesitancy comes from because even when I read through that I still felt like that was Matt's world and I never really ran I ran one one shot in Taldori, and that was about it because I went to the far past that he talked about in a certain mm -hmm. chapter. Um, and I'm sure the Wild Mount's really going to expand on that. So having those two books means you have two source books that you can really run to use to run a campaign. And if you're brand new to Dungeons and Dragons, maybe you found Dungeons and Dragons through Critical Role, this is probably the perfect thing for you because this is what you know D&D is. This is a world you can latch onto and you already know about. And now you can go and find your friends who've never played. And you're like, hey, guys, I want to introduce you to this really cool magical yeah. world that, I've, that I'm really excited about. And here's these books that help me run that game and introduce it to some new players. And that's perfect. I mean, I think that's great. So I think it's going to be a pretty popular book. Um, I think a lot of people are out there. I saw several online campaigns are using um, wild mount campaigns. So I know I saw a couple on the D and D channel and the D and D beyond channel. Yeah. So there's definitely it, some people so. playing in that, in those worlds for sure. So I think it's great. It's got the cool subclasses in it that I could, I could see myself letting in a forgotten realms world. The echo Knight sounded really cool to me. Um, the, you know, the, Dunamancy that and chronomancy or whatever. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That seems really cool. And I, I think I would let that kind of stuff, get into my campaigns at some point uh, for the ones I'm running. So it's interesting. I can't wait to kind of see what it looks like. I'll probably buy it because I collect them and put them on my shelf more than it is. I'm going to buy it to run a campaign in it. I definitely will read it cover to cover. I love reading through them because they're normally written in a really thought provoking way to help you. Even if you don't use the, the whole book, you might use a piece that you read about in there. You go, Oh, you know what? That one thing is really cool. I'm adding that to my Forgotten Realms or I'm adding that to my, you know, whatever campaign I'm running, my Eberron campaign, or yeah. I'm running, you know, whatever it might be. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. It was something good. It was, it was a good train, but good the train, train is gone. The train is gone. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's cool. Like, I, I think, oh, maybe you'll I change remember, your mind playing in it. I remember what I was going to say. Uh, oh, okay. we, I feel kind of the same way about Wild Mount that I do about these Magic the Gathering settings. They're interesting. I like reading them. I like seeing what I can steal. I like, like, I don't know, at least the Ravnica one I enjoyed. Will I play a game in Ravnica? No. 
Uh, and then I was like, even to the same point where I'm just like, who runs a Ravnica game? Like nobody except sponsor games by D&D to promote Ravnica. And then we had uh, Indoor Adventure on last week and he's just like, I, I run a, a Ravnica game and, and I know all of this Magic the Gathering lore and I love that these worlds are combining. So yeah. just because it's not for me doesn't mean mm -hmm. that it's not for someone. And right. these are good products. Like Ravnica was a good product. And I bet I Wild Mount Ravnica. is going to be an awesome product. So yeah. yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And it's got four authors supporting Matt. So you've got yeah. Matt who you can, everybody has recognized as a, a wonderful creator, but he's also gathered, you know, three other great creators around him. So you've got four people really adding into it and it'll be interesting to read. I think there'll be a lot of cool stuff in there. He doesn't just build kind of whimsical worlds he builds really intricate things are tied together there's a lot of underneath stuff that you can fill in just enough to, to give you an idea of, of what's going on but not enough for you not to fill it in as a dungeon master so you can go in and say this is what's happening yeah these are why these factions are fighting these are where my party might run into some of this stuff and uh, it'll be interesting i'm still the magic the gathering super fan so i'm definitely like uh, indoor adventurer where I would absolutely love to run a Ravnica campaign. I love the idea of a world-spanning city yeah. that has all these guilds vying for power and all these weird rules and all this stuff in this, but it's all fantasy and magic and, and stuff. So it's really cool. Um, and this Theros one has really grabbed me too because you're thinking about everybody's really capturing the classical myth feeling to it the greek myth the roman myth the you know these classics that we've heard about you can run an odyssey you can run you know these cool ancient kind of adventures to run your players through that maybe have never tried to go get the golden fleece or you know have never went and done the trials of hercules or whatever and you can reformat them in a way that would work in this so i'm really excited to see how that's gonna to work out but in like people have said in chat we've still not heard of anything about DD live which may not happen at yeah, all now, just, now everything. with uh, coronavirus yeah so yeah so our, they should we'll, do an online one and i can be a special guest sure. I, i'll just do it from here it'll be great yeah yeah i think that i think they should contact you right now okay. uh <laughs> my done. email is jordan with a ph in the middle at gmail.com <laughs> let's do an online maybe they will maybe that's the smartest thing to do is just do online conventions at this point i know emerald city comic-con got canceled and a bunch of the people that honestly make money from it uh, mm -hmm. you know, vendors and, and comic book artists and stuff like that. They, uh, I don't know if they petitioned, but they, uh, that's the word I was going to use. And I don't think that's the right word, but they, they organized a online ECC, um, Emerald city comic-con and, uh, it's going on right now ish, I think. And I thought that was a really cool idea. So the people can still kind of go to panels and things like that. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I wonder, I don't know. We're just kind of on lockdown for a little bit. So. Yeah, I feel like I saw something like that from Satine talking about GaryCon too. Like they were going to remotely do panel talks or they were going to remotely do some events, which I mean, there's no reason this, everything we do at those gaming conventions couldn't be done remotely. I guess the only thing you couldn't do is go out to the food truck yeah. out in the parking lot. That's about it. Because every you can buy merchandise, you can attend, you could set up games upon games upon games that you can sign up and play in remotely. You could go to live panels, you can watch live PAX games. You could do all of that 
from sitting in front of your computer at this point or sitting in front of your iPad or whatever. Well, and like BlizzCon sells digital tickets and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. there It's fun to be there, meet people face to face, but yeah. yeah. You also come home with Concred, so. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So it'd be very interesting. So that's kind of the news we've seen. Some lore you should know. We didn't get really any other uh, announcements of new product yet. We're still waiting to see if there's going to be a Forgotten Realms new product for this year. So far, we've had, we're in March, moving into April, and we've had no new Forgotten Realms stuff. So are we done with that? We don't know. Um, a couple of box sets that I'm sure they're going to probably do some more box sets because they've been all last year and the year before they tied those into all kinds of, you know, popular properties like Rick and Morty's and Stranger Things and, you know, just all these other things that could be a D&D starter set. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a few others that are coming out that some other big companies wanted to, you know, get involved with in some way, but we haven't seen any of that stuff yet. Um, and I'm assuming they're all working from home at this point. They're yeah, all doing their, their stuff. So we'll see how that's going to affect their production. I don't know if their book production comes from China or not. I don't know no, if they're they, using they, American they publish printers. In America, or... yeah, they were. Yeah, like, uh, so they were really proud of that out. actually. So uh, yeah, they said so that in, in something, some interview I saw. Yeah, I also watched. Um, did you get to did you get a chance to watch the PAX East game? No, yet? I'm Pac so behind. Eight? I think I'm behind on the last two. There was a Call of Cthulhu one and another one, and I missed those. I'm not going to spoil it, but Mike Kruhicki is the DM. <laughs> I always get his yeah. name wrong. Kruhick. Uh He's the DM, and he references probably the best show that we had all last year, and you want to watch it. All right. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> I, I'm Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's gonna, really because you know how he does crazy games right yeah you know how i love he his games up. yeah because he did yeah. the um players unknown battleground one and he did the mario yeah. kart on the c team mario he, kart. he really creates unique D, &D games it's fun yep so, so it's pretty funny so i think you'll like it um you, you'll get right into it there's a lot of really cool stuff with it lots of fun and humor um, definitely go watch that. It's online right now. You can watch the whole thing. It's it's really good. So it's not the continuate. It's not the one that, um, or the, at least the one I'm speaking of, is not the one that has Jeremy Crawford, you know, running that that group. Yeah. It's it's his game. So very interesting. Definitely check that out. I noticed on here you had some kickstarters coming up that you want to talk about because there's some pretty cool stuff there and. Kickstarters are rolling out. I, I'm a part of at least three already this year, but what, what do you got for us? Well, no, uh, I received my Kickstarter stuff, oh, which I was really in. excited. And so they're D and D related and I wanted to talk about them. Uh, one of them, well, the book's behind me, but it's uh witch plus craft, witch plus craft. And this was a D and D crafting uh, supplement where you could, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's really involved. And there's, uh, it's a whole system of rolling D sixes and then on certain successes, you get boons or you get uh, penalties to the craft that you're making. And then mm. on top of that, the other half of the book has a lot of information on uh, these like large legendary items. And so in order to create these, you actually have to go and find the blueprints. And then with the blueprints, you have to like craft and forge this. And it, it, it's really cool rules. And uh, this was something I backed a while ago and it did really well on Kickstarter. And so it was one of those that I had forgotten about and then it showed up and you're like, oh my gosh, this mm -hmm. is so cool. So yeah, I've been reading that, that and it comes with a little adventure and some new magic. Um, what's really exciting for me is that they had some new familiars for the spell mm -hmm. Find Familiar. And one of them 
is a piggy bank. And uh, you have this like little piggy bank that walks around, it's a construct. Um, it, can, it can shoot coins out for like one bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Uh, but you can also put coins inside of it. And then uh, when it goes to its extra dimensional space, the money is like secured. Oh. And I was like, that's a really fun concept. So going back again to my wild mount game, I contacted my DM and I'm like, can I have this like goofy familiar? And and he's like, oh yeah, sure. And so I'm going to like kind of, my character is going to be greedy and I think everything's going to be about like, well, I, that costs money and I need to do this. And so uh, I'm going to have this like slush fund of money in my extra dimensional space with my piggy bank. And, and it's really cool <laughs> if he, if he has over a hundred coins in his, but in his belly, he has disadvantage on stealth checks because he jingles when he walks and it's, it's just fun flavor. And I, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, and then Monty Cook's game, uh, or Monty Cook's fifth edition supplement, Arcana, Arcana of the Ancients, has come out. So mm -hmm. the PDF is out to Kickstarter backers. Did you back that one? I forget. I didn't. I have backed the Tolis one, which is oh, their okay, most yeah. recent one that's out, is the 5e um, one. But I missed this one. I'll probably pick it up. I was thinking at Gen Con. I was going to buy a hardcover when we went to Gen Con, if that, if that ends up happening. So yeah. So this one was basically Numenera for fifth edition, mm -hmm. um, which really intrigued me. So it's all about uh, science fantasy. Um, and it comes with, uh, I'm, uh, let me look at the table of contents really quick. Um, it's got monsters and it's got uh, some GM advice and some other interesting stuff. Um, but it has a whole bunch of ciphers, relics, and iron flesh. <laughs> So ciphers mm -hmm. are magic items in Numenera, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it's a whole and bunch. And usually, of like a one-off. They're, right. they're very. They, yeah. You use them. They're they're common in Numenera, and you just kind of like I use it for this. I use it for that. And usually, they're like a piece of equipment that was a battery or something for a high power piece of equipment. But you use it just to throw it at somebody and it explodes. Like you're yeah. not even using it the right way, but you're like, here you go. Yeah. Explodes. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know, I ha and I feel bad, I, I just have not had the time to read through this yet. Um, mm -hmm. And I like having the actual book, which the actual book is being sent to me right now, so that should arrive in, I don't know, a week or maybe later. But uh, how cool, like, I yeah, remember being really excited for this. Read. And it's got a lot, I mean, it's got a lot of cool art. Monty Cook Games does an excellent job with all of their properties. They do a really, <laughs> they just make good games. And uh, this one should be interesting, because Whenever I get that Spelljammer game off the ground, I'm going to use this book. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great because their quality of writing, artists, editing, layout of books is absolutely on par with Dungeons and Dragons for sure. Like they have high quality products and it makes sense. I mean, Monty Cook and them come from early Dungeons and Dragons. So it's like they, they, they've been in this business for 20, 30 years, maybe more. I don't know how long they've been writing, but it's been a very long time and they very professional and I love their stuff. Numenera is such a good setting. Yeah. Um, I wish we could do more. I wish I had more time to play in all the different games. I'd love to be having a Numenera campaign going a strange campaign you know, all these other, you know, you've been wanting to do Invisible Sun forever. There's so yeah. many good things that they're creating that. And I love it that they're doing some 5e supplements because for a while there, for a few years, I think they were really trying to establish themselves. Yeah. They were, they had created third edition and fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons stuff. They were creators. They were 
the people on the ground doing that, but they distance themselves a little bit to get their products off the ground, which makes total sense. But I'm glad they're back to saying, hey, you know what? We know this is popular. Here's here's some supplements. Here's what, you know, some stuff we like to add to our campaigns or our stuff that we did. And I love that. Well, and it's this is perfect. Like Arcana of the Arcana of the Ancients. You you take that, you read it, you're into fifth edition D D, and you're like, this is really cool. And then you start thinking, well, like I could use the rules of D&D for this, but now that I'm really interested in it, this setting seems cool. Why don't I just try out Numenera? So it's a smart mm-hmm. move from Monty Cook yeah. Games because uh, I, you know, I have, and I was the same way. Uh, you kind of get in this mindset where you're like, well, but I play D&D. And it's like, well, you could play other RPGs. And you're like, yeah, but I, I mean, that's kind of my thing is I play D&D. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, there, there's lots. You want to try one? And you're like, yeah. And, and once you get out of that mindset it's a lot of fun like there are really good games out there we always talk about how much i love kids on bikes but like i played a numenera game and i said it earlier but like i i have four games running right now and they're all D. and i keep saying like well whenever my sunday game gets a nice finish i'm gonna be like guys we've been playing D for so long like do you want to try invisible sun i really want to run an invisible mm-hmm. sun game and my ideal ideal schedule would be like maybe one to two games of D, but actually playing in or running some other rpgs as well uh which might get a little confusing that's it's you know because you forget about mechanics or something but like it's fun yeah. it's a lot of fun so yeah those are cool um yeah my, we saw that my kickstarters that came in were superhero kickstarters because i'm a sucker for a great superhero ttrpg but that's cool and i know there's some really good ones out there that are just starting some that are just about to finish up some that are just over i was even matt coville's newest book you can still do a late pledge to that yeah um so there's lots of good kickstarters out there i can't i love the surprise of a new kickstarter that i totally forgot that i kickstarted a year and a half ago or two years ago shows up at my doorstep and it's like opening a a christmas Mm. present oh look at this is so cool so that's really cool. Uh, there was a really good, I wanted to point this out. I really felt like there was a really good video by Coville uh, this week called Running the Game. He does a lot of running the game for you Dungeon Masters out there. Someone who's inspired me, definitely the top inspire, inspiration for me to start being a Dungeon Master was him and Adam Coville, so I, or Adam Coble. And he put out one about. We should just merge him. Adam you know, Colville. I, yeah. I think it should be. Yeah, the two yeah. of them just like we'll Dragon Ball Z fuse or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was about having many fail states and never falling into the trap of giving your players or making them roll the dice when they can't succeed mm-hmm. or you don't want them to fail. Like never put in something where you're like, okay, you're climbing this cliff. And if you make this roll, you make it. If you make this roll, you die. That's never a choice you want to put in your game like that because you just, the dice are going to let you down at some point. And yeah. he, he explains it in a much more eloquent way. He uses some really good examples that even me, I feel like I'm, a, I'm an experienced dungeon master or game master, whatever term you like to use. I still felt like I learned a lot. And if you're brand new to running games, this is a great video to listen to and think about how you're framing scenes, how you're framing challenges, how you're framing things that are not combat related. Because in a lot of our games, we might go through, let's say we got a four hour session and maybe half of it's combat stuff and those are pretty structured rules. And as long as you know what they're doing, it's not too bad. But it's the other part of that, uh, you know, two hours that you're running, you might 
not feel like you're as strong in framing that the correct way. And I feel like this video is a really good way to, to get your mind in the right um, um, frame of mind to, to be able to explain that to your players. So if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's number 88, the mini fail states at Matt Coville's challenge. Really good for, for any dungeon master to take a look at. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it. I have not watched it yet. So I always get excited about new match videos because they're, they're not few and far between, but like he's, he's running a company and (laughs) I think he's just like, you know, we don't need to do weekly videos. We need to do videos that are like meaningful and thought out. And so even though the quantity has gone down, the quality has gone way up and Matt's doing really good videos. Mm So that's about it for news. I didn't think we got too much more, but if anything pops up, there wasn't a lot on Twitter going on. I think um, all of the regular world events have kind of um, has been what's in the news and videos and Twitterverse and all that. So we're all just kind of, but as we see stuff pop up or more things happen, we'll definitely bring them to the show, whether it's this show or next show or whenever our next show will be every Saturday. I don't don't see us not running a Saturday show at this point. Um, but that leads us to my, one of my favorites, and, and I had a big thing here, but I'm glad Jordan has his here. Bardic Inspiration. Dun, 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 dun. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to make a little, we're going to play a little animation, a little cool thing's going to happen. But uh, what was Jordan's? I noticed Jordan's on here. I love what he's listed here because I just finished it, and I oh, really good. liked it. Go ahead. Yeah, so I also just finished this uh, TV show, Netflix show, uh, Lock and Key, um, which is – a little too high school drama, teeny bopper kind of coronavirus. No, high school bopper, uh, teeny bopper kind of thing, uh, which is usually not something I'm super interested in. Uh, like it kind of felt like a CW show in a way, but it's it's a really awesome premise, and apparently it's a comic series. And I want to read the comics now, but yeah, Lock and Key is a family that comes to this magical house called the Lock House, or Key House, um, Mm -hmm. and they are the Lock family. And uh, the little boy starts finding these magical keys that do interesting stuff, uh, stuff. and it got me thinking about- Wild stuff. Wild stuff, yeah, like you put one in the back of your head, and you can literally walk through a door and see your internal thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. Or uh, you put a key, they have something called the Anywhere Key that you can put in a door and open to anywhere you've been previously, kind of a thing. Um, so they're, they're really, they're just interesting. And, uh, it, you know, makes me think about Dungeons and Dragons and how you not, not necessarily, like it would be easy to put a magical item that is this, like a key that does X, Y, and Z, but it got me thinking of like a class. Like what if you had like a key master class that you Mm. had to forge these magical keys and then you could use them and give them to other party members if you wanted or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. They have a key that ignites things on fire and they have just, I don't know, really interesting stuff. And so that was kind of my bardic inspiration is I wanted to create a a subclass of wizard or maybe artificer would be better that you're Mm -hmm. actually crafting magical keys to do interesting things. And so I I don't know, I really like it. And then I like the limitation. You can teleport, but you need a door, you know, Mm -hmm. you can... Uh, open a portal to another world, but you need a mirror. So you need these physical objects and you can't just do this in the middle of the forest, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, because there was like, you could put keys in lots of different things that you wouldn't think you could put them into. Like the one that goes, you know, not to spoil anything for any of those that you haven't watched it, but there's they're putting them in, you know, a person. Yeah. They're putting them in a mirror, like you said, or they're putting them in these cool things. Also, just leading off that, just a cool camp- campaign concept are keys that seem to sing 
to certain people. And maybe you have a player in your party that you'll have these keys kind of sing to when they're near them. Mm -hmm. And that can bring, you can let the party decide what that, are they going to investigate it? Are they going to leave it alone? Are they going to hoard them? Are they going to use them? You know, and you can just add that into your, your whole campaign setting. I think that's just a really cool kind of concept of interacting with the world around you. And these things are calling to certain people for certain reasons and what's going on. There's a mystery behind what's going on and, and or learning you know that whole story to me feels a lot about you're given great and crazy power with these keys but that has some downsides that has there's some real things to think about when you have this kind of stuff when you have that kind of power so that's a that's a strong storyline that you can tell in your campaigns i think that'd be really cool so definitely i love the show i mean it's on yeah. netflix if you haven't haven't seen it, it's definitely a, a fun show it's a little bit dark at places but then there's some real good humor and fun in it too um i enjoyed it a lot i i'm hoping that i don't know if the do you think we'll see another season Probably. um i i do uh but it wasn't as wildly popular as other ones so uh but i i feel overall we'll see another season um, yeah. Skull Dixon points out in chat that uh, it was written by Joe Hill, the original comic, uh, who mm-hmm. is Stephen King's son. And he writes yeah, really interesting stuff. Cool. He did Horns, which was uh, Daniel Radcliffe was in that movie. That was a novel <laughs> that they turned into a movie. But uh, yeah, he's got some, he's just an, a creative mind. So I mm-hmm. hope there's another season um, because uh, not to, I'm not spoiling anything, but it did feel like we kind of, we tried to wrap it up as quick as possible in the last two episodes. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's over. Like, oh, okay. I, I kind of was hoping for, I thought this was going to be like 15 to 17 episodes, but it was 10. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, it was an interesting wrap up, but there's a lot to explore there. So I hope they, they do more and, and yeah, it's kind of interesting, but what, uh, what is uh, the Bardic inspiration for Lucian? Yeah. So for mine, I think I wanted to dive into a tie in a little bit to obviously what's going on. And so the easy low hanging fruit would be Lucian to say, hey, let's talk about a campaign where a virus is going around or people have to deal with that. And I think that's maybe where people's minds going. But what I wanted to do instead of a campaign inspiration was to inspire you that at this time, that you can run or start a new campaign and you can do it remotely. And I know me and Jordan are very familiar with being able to play games online, but not that's not the norm for everybody. I think if we were to take a, some type of poll of how games are played, I'm still guessing at this point that more games are played at a table with a group of friends than there are being played online. Though there are a lot of online games going on, I think the still, there's just lots of people getting together. So for those of you that are running games, don't feel like something like this is stopping you from playing those games. Um, I think there are a lot of really good online resources, and I encourage you to check them out. My favorite and the one I recommend all the time is Roll20, but it's not because we're sponsored, even though we would love to be sponsored. But it's just the one that I enjoyed and I felt like was the easiest to get going quickly. Now, I know lots of other people like Fantasy Grounds. There's a new one out there called Astral. Um, there's, there's, you know, you can find a few more here or there. I know some people use the board game simulator to do this. All of those Tabletop are Tabletop simulator, yeah. Tabletop simulator. Um, all of those are cool, whichever one you want to get into, but check them out. If you're somebody out there that's been playing a game and all your friends come over and that's great, but now everybody's deciding to stay home. Nobody wants to, you know, um, get anybody else sick. It's just just as a precaution. 
check out some of these online resources and play these games online because I think you'll find not only can you still play with your friends, you can play with friends that maybe don't live in your area anymore if you haven't done that. My dungeon master right now on Tuesday night is an Australian and he runs a fantastic game for me. And there's no way that would ever happen if we didn't have an online way to play these games. Um, I've got to play with indoor adventurer who lives across the country. LB Hackamup who lives in my town, though we see each other rarely. I still get to play games with her when we can and our schedules meet up and I get to play games with Jordan who lives across the country from me. So these are all really cool things. So don't feel down. I wanted to use my Bardic Inspiration to encourage you to go out and find those online resources that you can play these games with your friends and your family and your coworkers that are across the country or just anybody. You can meet random people on the Roll20 forums and play with people you've never met before. And they might become some of your best friends if you if you get in a game you're interested in. It's not just Dungeons and Dragons. You can get in Dungeon World games. You can get in Pathfinder 2 games if that's what you're really into. Starfinder. If you want to play Numenera, you can find Invisible Sun games. You can find all the stuff that's out there. So I got invited to a Savage Worlds game recently that I might be playing in on a, I'm thinking it might be a Monday night where we're still working out schedules. So I might get to play in that system here pretty soon too. So don't let that go by. Don't let the, I, I realize we're in a serious kind of time, but you can also, your game playing, you can work around it. There's ways to continue to, to still do it and have that fun. And tell us about it in our comments. Tell us how you're going to do it. Tell us what tools you love to use, which ones work for you, and maybe make some guides for those people. All these brand new people are going to be coming into it. I mean, I'm imagining Jordan's channel is going to get flooded because there's all these people that are home now. They're kind of forward. <laughs> They hear about Forgotten Realms. They're like, I want to go find out about this Forgotten Realms thing. So they're going to go, you know, so uh, just encourage that to everybody out there. And that's what I wanted to use my Bardic Inspiration was to go find those remote tools and use them to keep running your campaigns or start a new one and invite some people to it. And maybe that's just a, a high point in people's day that they get to role play some games, even though we're all sitting at home and, you know, uh, self-quarantining or whatever you might be doing at this point. So, yeah, um, specifically, uh, I'm, I've, I've used fantasy rounds and I've used another one that I can't remember, but, uh, roll 20, I wanted to point out has, uh, like we use it for D and D, um, but you, you mentioned other games, but they actually have uh Numenera character sheets in roll 20. They have dungeon crawl classics mm -hmm. character sheets in roll 20. Um, a lot of the community has like built up. Um, that to play other games and it's a little intimidating to try and figure out you know especially uh instead i guess me like you were an expert when i was playing with you for the first time and i'm just like why can't i move and you're like oh you got to click back to the map screen because you're on the token screen and that and i'm like why mm -hmm. so but you can make a free account you can play around with it you can do all kinds of cool stuff so check it out mm -hmm. for sure and check out our channels. I've done some kind of quick tips on how to do some of those things. We know um, Taking 20s done really good tutorials back in the day on Roll20 stuff that even though it's more modern today, those things still work. Um, and as far as video and stuff, uh, there was a question from uh, Smaze in the chat. Yeah, many of these programs have video with them. So you can turn on the Roll20 video if everybody has a camera. And almost everybody does these days, even if it's on a laptop or an iPad. We like to use, when I run my games, I like to use Zoom is my video just because it's a very high quality video. And typically when we're streaming to Twitch or YouTube, we want a really good quality for those games that we're presenting. But if it was just me and my buddies and I wasn't trying to 
showcase it to anybody else. I could use Discord video is another good free video encoder that you can use. Just everybody's in Discord. You can turn your cameras on if you have them and you can just play. Um, you can use third party video camera stuff. I've seen people do Skype. I've seen people do, um, you know, anything that has video conferencing at all, you can use that if you want, or just go totally audio. You don't even have to. I've seen plenty of games that are nothing but the map and the tokens moving around and you hear everybody's voices and everybody knows their voices, but you know, you're not in an audience. So, and I'm not even speaking about trying to present it to an audience. So it's even easier if you're not trying to set up a show, you're just trying to play with your friends, you know, on a Tuesday night or whatever it might be. So definitely check into it. If you ever have questions, I'm absolutely willing to help. And I have helped new dungeon masters get this set up and running. And I'm willing to help and answer your questions. If you want to get up for roll 20, um, I, I can help and help you get set up in roll 20 stuff and get your campaigns going. Cause I, I would love the idea that we're, we're having a lot more games still being played and that I could be a part of that in some way. So that's our bardic inspiration little outro clip one day that we will create <laughs> moving into yeah moving into what have we done so it sounds like i want to give you a bunch of time because it sounds like you're playing a bunch of games or you're about to be playing a bunch of games you have a lot of cool stuff so what did jordan do in dungeons and dragons slash role-playing games this past week yeah, uh, I mean, it's been a while since I've I've been able to just talk, and we we didn't talk last week about games, so a lot's mm-hmm. been going on. But I finished my Acquisitions Incorporated game, um, and that was really fun. Uh, the final battle fight was uh, had fun little twists to it. And we were trying to figure it out, uh, like a puzzle within the battle, you know. And and I like mm-hmm. things like that, so that was really fun. Uh, and so we were we were doing that and and causing all kinds of chaos. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little sad. I liked that character a whole bunch. Maybe we'll revisit them at some point, but it is kind of like, oh, like Espen the Fire Sorcerer is gone. I, he was just really cool. He was really fun. What, what level did you make it to? So the final fight was at six. And when we finished okay. the campaign, we went to seven. So he's now level that's, seven. Yeah. yeah, That's such a fun area for characters too. Six to seven, starting to move towards 10. Mm-hmm. You're really starting to get a feel for your character yeah. and what you think they are. That's such a cool spot. Yeah. Um, and then we also finished uh, a interlude, if you will. So uh, my my Warforged game that uh, is my friend's homebrew world that I'm playing a Warforged named Seven in. Um, at the end of our of our longer campaign, we lost uh, a character named Lorenzo, and he died. But he mm-hmm. died under like some mysterious circumstances. And so uh, our our DM Nathan made a like three three shot basically like a three session game called mm-hmm. the Search for Lorenzo where we would go to uh, he, apparently he got his body got sucked into the Void Realm so we went to the Void Realm and we and it was really weird interesting stuff like there was you know just obsidian monsters and just weird things like that so we we went through that campaign we rescued Lorenzo and then. Uh, the very final fight, uh, we're fighting this entity called the Collector. We're not really sure what this entity is, but uh, they were collecting things like Lorenzo and Lorenzo's magical items that we were trying to get back. Um, and I'll put a link in chat. I'll put a link in both chat. Uh, but this was, this night, 
he he made all of these really cool set pieces like there were glowing clouds of fire and there were runes that gl that glowed with led lights and stuff and he he mm -hmm. made this really cool terrain with all this interesting stuff um and so we had a really we had a super fun night of it and then at the very end uh i we we finished the fight and the enemy kind of got away but it sets it up for us to keep playing later on if we want to but there was a vibrating box and i walked over and opened it and out popped a spell jammer ship uh and so we're or not a spell jammer <laughs> ship but a plane planer ship so we can use this to teleport to other planes and i was like what <laughs> so i was really excited and he he likes models and miniatures so we had all this really cool stuff and it was super fun so like that yeah. finished and then uh yeah, we're going to start um, a, a new game uh, set in the weird and the wild. And I'm also starting this wild mount game, which is really exciting. And then uh, if you guys didn't know, I am running a game online on Wednesdays on Nerd Immersion's Twitch channel called The Rod of Seven Parts. And we are three episodes in and it is uh, it is really fun. We're having a really good time. It's a lot more role play versus traditional combat than I'm used to. But mm -hmm. I'm having, it's awesome. Like they really like role playing. They talk with each other. They have interesting conversations. Uh, they're keeping me on my toes. And there's been a couple times where I'm like, all right, I'm going to prep all this stuff. They're going to go left. And they're like, we're going right. I'm like, I'm, we're throwing that out the window. <laughs> so I've had a lot of fun with it though. Um, right now they have one fragment of this rod of seven parts that they're looking for the other six parts. And they feel like a, a divining rod kind of pull uh, when mm -hmm. they hold on to one piece of it. So they kind of know where to go next and they're getting a little bit of backstory and trying to figure out what's going on there. But it has, uh, it has to do with demons and chaos and it's just going to be really cool. So they're, they're yeah, I think it's funny too. Cause every time I've jumped in um, they are having conversations, they're in character. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of you just kind of sitting back and smiling and letting yeah. them do their thing. So like every time I jump in, I was like, yeah, this is this isn't just Jordan kind of telling everybody what's going on, or there's not some big combat going on. It's them exploring something or having a conversation about something, and they're really getting into their they're kind of feeling their characters out. And I think as the sessions go on, that tie that they have with each other and their kind of knowledge of their own character starts to get stronger and yeah. stronger. Those personalities are starting to come out even more, and it's really fun. It's going to be a good show. Once it's all done and be able to go back and watch it. Well, from no, start it's a good show now. It is it, true. <laughs> <laughs> true. But it's also going to be really good to be able to see it start to finish at, at your own pace. Like you don't have to wait. I'm such a binge watcher. I can't <laughs> stand waiting a whole week before the next one, Jordan. And then yeah. you don't have a session for one week. And then it's like, no. So. I know. It's, that was sad. But but we're back. It's going to be awesome. True. So if you're interested in The Rod of Seven Parts, I would love to have you watch. Uh, it's free on YouTube. You can go to mm -hmm. YouTube and search uh, Nerd Immersion Plays, and uh, he's archiving them there, Ted is. You can also go to the twitch.tv slash Nerd Immersion and watch it there. It's all free. But if you want it as a podcast, I'm releasing it as a, a podcast where I kind of clean up the audio and I get rid of like silences and stuff. And that is on my Patreon. And the first episode is free, and that's patreon.com slash Jordan with PH in the middle. And uh, you can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, and you get access to not only that podcast, but a bunch of other stuff um, if you're interested in that. Helps out the channel, helps out shows like the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Well, uh, you're telling us about the story of it, but but give us a, the Dungeon Master view of what's yeah. going on. How much prep are you having to do? 
how much stress are you going through setting this up? You know, what's what's going on from the dungeon master side of this? Um, there there's not a lot of stress uh, okay. because I I feel very confident in the Forgotten Realms. Like I, mm -hmm. I know it pretty well, and that's where my game is placed. And the Rod of Seven Parts is a good adventure, but it's also an older 2E adventure that I'm adapting. Mm -hmm. And so the way I look at it is I, I really have a skeleton of what needs to happen, and then I can fill in anything else I want. So, you, you know, it says, hey, they need to go here, or not, and need is, a, is the wrong word. Like, like, here's a potential scenario for them to do this, and here's a potential scenario for them to do that. And so I've dropped clues, and and they're having a good time with it. Uh, and so it's, it's I don't know, it, I don't want to say the game runs itself, but it kind of feels like it runs itself at this <laughs> point. Uh, if you are interested in my dungeon prep, uh, I've been streaming it. So Sundays at 9 a.m. on my channel on YouTube, uh, I've been doing these uh, live streams where I'm just kind of, talking about what needs to happen in the game. Uh, I go through what happened, and then I go through, here are the mistakes Jordan made or the holes I dug myself, basically, and then I mm -hmm. figure out how do I get out of these holes? What are potential things to do? And it usually lasts like 45 minutes or an hour, and we kind of just talk about Dungeons & Dragons, and I'd love to have you guys show up. So that's tomorrow, mm -hmm. if you're interested. Um, cool. It'll be out there. And uh, we basically talk about Rod of Seven Parts, and if my Shadowfell game ever starts playing again, I'll talk about prepping that as well. But for right now, it's just Rod of Seven Parts. Um, but... Yeah. No, it's it's weird because this is for an audience and I feel like it's like panic, like, oh, I have to have all this prep done and I have to do this. But after episode two and three and how they went in a completely different direction, I'm just kind of like, well, I know I need to give them this information. How can I do that? And mm -hmm. as we play, when the option presents itself, I go, oh, like, this is a good way to get information. Case in point, in episode three, I was like, well, I need them to know X, Y, and Z. And they decided, uh, well, we want to go find a, a temple of a, of a god, of a deity where we can hide out. And so I looked on my wiki and I'm like, well, here are the deities in Neverwinter that would have temples. And they decided to go to the temple of Agma. So you search Agma. Agma is the Lord of yeah. Knowledge. And so then I'm just like, oh, well, Agma would have a library. And they're like, oh, perfect, we could look stuff up. So they start looking up demons and they start looking up the Queen of Chaos and Miska the Wolf Spider. And, and I was able to give them a lot of exposition because they went to a library. I didn't plan that at all, mm -hmm. you know? But I knew that I wanted to give them this information at some point, somehow. So, yeah. Very cool. It's been fun. It's been really, I'm having a lot of fun with it. This is a, a story I've wanted to run for a long time and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm also been excited to play. Like I'm really excited about my new tiefling wizard. I'm just, oh, yeah, I've been getting into my characters. Really, I'm, really I'm amped to play this game. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, uh, that's pretty much, I know I've been doing a lot of stuff, but um, you can all watch it on rod of seven parts. So I would, I would definitely check that out. Uh, but to uh, Lucian, you're, you're doing yeah. some acting water deep fun. I hear. So how's yeah, that? so I'm I'm like playing two campaigns in one, which is awesome. It's like they're they're mashed together because we're playing uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh, after we got done playing our Tomb of Annihilation, which was a fantastic campaign, I loved it. Um, we got new characters. We're starting from scratch, um, and it's been really cool. And but he combined at the same time that we finally got a a piece of property or land. 
which happens in, I know it's a little bit of a spoiler, Waterdeep, um, added in Omen Drawn, sending us a message about joining Ack Inc. So it kind of all got put together. Mm-hmm. What's fun about that is there's only a, two of us in the group that have ever watched Ack Inc. stuff. Oh, so two of us are like s- super over the top excited. The other three that are playing, they're like, okay, we see these guys are excited for some reason. Yeah play around we're gonna play along with it yet but <laughs> we don't know why they're so super excited about this you know it was just like oh we're loving it um and we've had some really funny conversations about what type of business we would want to run um we've had some really just really good character interactions we've got a really funny party that has a lot of weird tension in it mm-hmm. um and that we've almost fought each other several times already but in a fun way and i think it's fun because the players are really diving into their character roles and there's tension within the group and we're not doing it to take away from the game. We're doing it to add to the game. Right. So it's, it's not players who don't like each other and that sometimes bleeds into a game, which that can sometimes derail a campaign. I've been in a few of those, but Mm -hmm. these are just like our characters are weird and they don't mesh together very well. And we're role playing it out to see how fun that is. So it's been really, and we're, we're, we're on discord day after day after day typing in what our characters are saying to each other, what our characters are doing. That's how invested everybody's been in in the campaign. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun. We've only been about three to four episodes in. Um, we had one of those combats where uh, the dungeon master sends something really strong at the players mm-hmm. to try to punch them a little bit, but then the idea is it's supposed to get away. Mm-hmm. But then like every good party does, they, they foil they the DM plans <laughs> and we kill it before it can get away. And he's like, no, you, you guys are supposed whole to do monster that. And you're like, Dang <laughs> yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. So we were able to stop the, th- you know, the, the thing from happening. He's like, I, now I don't know what to do because that wasn't supposed to happen. This thing was supposed to get away. And uh, so we'll see how he handles that. And I love hearing that from a dungeon master's perspective as a player because it just reminds me that, yeah, my, my players are always foiling whatever I thought I was going to have happen, or I thought, oh, this is the way it's going to go. And then they just do something totally crazy. And I had no plan for that at all. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun to see it from both sides. And I think that's always a good way. The best way to practice being a dungeon master is to be a player at first, because you just do games, but pay attention to what your dungeon master is doing and how they're maneuvering the situations, how they're maneuvering the other players even though you're still having fun and thinking about your character, you can learn a lot from the person too, before you jump in and and take the role yourself. I think I, my new job is very intensive because I'm learning a brand new comprehensive software and it's taking my brain power. So the last thing I wanted to do is grab, or it's not the last thing I want to do. I really want to be able to grab some books off my shelf and learn some of the other new game systems, but it's like, I've got no cell brain left to be able to commit to, I also want to learn this new um, role-playing system that I've never played before. It's just because like this, this new job I've got has just taken all of that. So all I've been able to do is play, but I'm really itching to get back behind the dungeon master screens, run some games. And I think if everything slows down and everybody's working from home all of a sudden, and I think the opportunity for the next few months might really expand exponentially in the number of games that I can play <laughs> at night. So maybe the Seeking Revenor campaign needs to come back. We need to get a group going again for a while. Or maybe I want to try some of these other games that I know how to play and I don't have to learn, but I could run some. Like I could run Numenera or I could run a couple of these other systems that I'm familiar with. I want to get back into it. But that is 
I'm loving this mash together campaign that we're playing. I'm loving playing a, I'm playing a halfling cavalier that has as full on attitude, like does not take joking about his size at all. Like he's ready to start <laughs> a fight. He is not going to be bullied. He's stronger than you think. He's tough. He will action, action surge you down if you keep opening your mouth kind of character. And I just love it. Um, it's been really fun. And uh, and our Dungeon Master has been doing really good. So, nice. But I feel like, you know, I, I want to get back to playing some games with Jordan. And here's the other thing, the one thing I forgot to say. Not only can you play role-playing games remotely, you can play board games. Yeah. Setting up a few cameras with Zoom pointing at a board, pointing at the hand. We, you also can play some of the different board games with your friends too. So if you're used to playing, you know, just something that you really love to play, set up a few cameras, do it online. Some of these um, like tabletop simulator lets you play board games that way. That's what it was meant for really more than it was role-playing games. So take a look at that also, or jump into that MMO, jump into Baldur's Gate three when it comes out <laughs> co-op. Baldur's Gate 3, we got to try that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, no, my favorite board game is, uh, well, we're I'm playing a lot of Azul right now. That's a great game. Yeah, you've but, been talking um, about that one. My favorite board game is Betrayal at House on the Hill. And I met a guy that he coded Betrayal into Roll20 like scanned the the blocks and that's not legal like he can't turn around and sell that but but he could use it for his own play like he could right, play just with for himself. playing with friends just, yeah. and i was like what and so he couldn't give it to me he's like no i don't want to get in trouble and like shouldn't do this and stuff i was like totally understand he's like, he's like but you can play with me and i was like oh that's cool uh yeah. but man yeah i was just like i could play betrayal online that would be really awesome so i love yeah. i love betrayal house in the hill it's so good and betrayal boulders gate same game D and D thing. It's so fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Azul is the awesome in between the novel knows it all about Azul. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for iTunes reviews and stars and all that other fun stuff. We really appreciate that. Uh, share this show with a friend. The show grows mm -hmm. when you guys uh, give it out and tell other people to listen. And that's awesome. So if you enjoy this, uh, tell friends and, and people about it uh, and, and put it on uh, when your dog is alone in a kennel and then they can listen to the sweet sounds of Jordan and Lucian's voice. Mm -hmm. As always. Who's a good puppy? Yeah, who's, who's a good, a good puppy? puppy? You are. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's um, our next show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna do shows for babies babies can mm -hmm. listen to it yeah what's mm -hmm. up you cool babies um, <laughs> anything else before we take off Mr. Lucian nope just go out and put on our YouTube comments and keep the keep the conversation going on Twitter let us know how you guys are gaming let us know you're still out there and having a good time hopefully this is a bright spot in your Saturday morning and hopefully you keep coming back every Saturday and joining in the community so we love Absolutely. having you guys yeah this was awesome thank you guys so much for coming out we really appreciate it and we will see you next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.